Evening. Miss Pryor, she touched on a lot of the subjects that I wanted to ask you all, so I'm going to be brief. When it comes to the children involved in, in a situation at school, and you all know right then and there, once you've spoken to whoever the accuser is, the alleged victims, when it becomes a criminal matter, what what actually takes place? I felt like we was being placed into a fear tactic. I was there for an hour and 10 minutes before anyone came out there. And when the person did come out there, she came out there with a clipboard asking for the young man to write a statement. I asked her for what? She told me that she wasn't able to give me much details. Just know that he's been accused of inappropriate touching a child. I was like, okay, but he needs more details so he can be able to defend himself. She said she wasn't able to give me that at that time. She's still investigating. She will be back. The last time, I, next time I seen her, it was time for her to question my son, which made it exactly two hours and a half minutes. And by the time they, me and my son and my husband got back there, his citation was already written before the line of questioning. She couldn't supply, give me any information, but when I handed over the, the text, when the alleged victims reached out to the accused, she told me she could not give any, any information to me, his mother, so I can help him be able to decipher what needs to be put down and ask him, what did, why do they think you did this? There, is there anyone else can verify that you did not do X, Y, Z? She could not give me that information, but she gave the alleged victim the text. She allowed her to read them, and then she allowed her to retract what she said to the That's it. <laughs> we in here. We're back for another episode of Black versus the Board of Education. My name is Miss Laureen. And joining me today, we are going to start to my right. Melissa, say hello. Hi, everyone. My name is Melissa, and I'm a 15-year-old sophomore in the Southern California area. Mariah. Hi everyone, I'm Mariah and I'm a 16 year old senior. <laughs> She's laughing. <laughs> okay, Miss Anaya. Hi everyone, my name is Anaya and I'm currently a junior in high school. Perfect, and Miss Jada. Hi, my name is Jada. I am a homeschool junior in the Sacramento area. And last but not least, my, my resident co-pilot, co the other adult side of this, the male with all the energy. Go ahead, Matt, say what's up. Mute. I'm on my mute. Y'all can hear me? We can hear you. Wow! The speed that all of them lyrics are making it hard for them to repeat it. I'm giving them heebie-jeebies. Woo! It's Woo. not M16 graded, baby. M16 in the full moon. Woo! Oh! What's up, y'all? <laughs> I'm having it. So, I'm, I am... 
I'm crunk. I've been eating chocolate chip cookies. Oh Lord. Well, hold on to the cookies. Hold on. Uh, I don't know. Because hold on, I'm gonna heartburn later. I, didn't I have that's right. one of those cookie cakes. Uh, How's well, everybody? We're, glad, we're good and we're glad to have you back. We've had a quite oh, an interesting weekend. So we want to give a shout out to Louisiana Heaven who gave us an opportunity to come out and help support them at the Catfish Crawfish Festival. Well, I, I promise we 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 helped serve over 500, 600, maybe a thousand people. Uh, it was a long day. Hey, Miss Miss Baldwin. Uh, yeah, catfish, crawfish. It was all kind of stuff out there. And when I tell you, our young people showed up Ooh. and showed out. Your energy is wild. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> they showed up and showed out. They they did everything from running the cash register to actually cooking the food and helping prepare the sure. food. And Mariah said. What you say about them noodles, girl? What you say? <laughs> I am so I'm not eating noodles for a while. I cook like <laughs> over 60 trays of noodles. Like I'm just I'm done with noodles for a minute. Yeah, Mariah was on the uh, garlic noodle station. Um, that was her life for the last couple of days. Uh at least. She's been I was a noodle. Yeah. I was a noodle. Oh god. But we had fun, right? We had there was a lot of teamwork going on. It was a chance for the students to get to to bond and and really learn on the go. So salute to uh, Louisiana Heaven for having us. We really appreciate that. Um, number two, we have a current event to get to. So Jada, will you do you mind playing uh, that first story, the only story we got because we got some guests here. So play that first story for us. For the first time and only on NBC4, Los Angeles County Sheriffs are investigating this video of a student being body slammed by a security guard in Lancaster. NBC4's Beverly White spoke with her family who's demanding answers. LA County Sheriffs confirmed they've seen this video and launched an investigation. video shot by a student on August 30th appears to show a 16-year-old schoolgirl body slammed at Lancaster High by school security and an L.A. Sheriff's deputy. The girl's mother says she wasn't notified until after school when she couldn't find her daughter and staff said she'd been taken to the sheriff's station. I asked about that as well and they told me that they didn't have to call me. We're not naming the girl in the video. Here's what her mother says set it off. My daughter said that she had asked one of the campus securities um, if they didn't like her because the lady was giving her dirty looks and um, just saying things about her, like picking on her. NBC4 got this response from L.A. Sheriff's. A student was threatening school officials. What we see in the video is a takedown of that female student. She was released later that day, unknown what kind of threats she was making. The girl's relatives believe adults should have handled the situation better. She was pulled forcefully away where she still has marks on her body from being pulled. She wasn't told anything. And this, uh, any kid, any human being, period, is going to react that way. Them throwing her down like that, that was, that was uncalled for. Maybe instead of having officers on campus, maybe they should have more guidance counselors. The girl's family says they're still waiting to hear back from the school district and the sheriff's department. They say the 16-year-old is back in class, but no longer trusts the people assigned to keep her safe. In Lancaster, I'm Beverly White, NBC4 News. <laughs> okay, and and just a disclaimer: I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing. I'm laughing because it's egregious. Um, and so, Melissa, you first. What do you think? Let let Melissa go, and I'm gonna come right to you, Matt, because I see you ready to pop off. Uh, Melissa, what do you think? 
I have so many problems with what I just watched. One, her mom came looking for her after school and she's at the police station. She, what, did she get any medical help? You know, she's being body slammed by an adult man mm-hmm. and she's being treated like she's not a victim. And I remember that at the beginning of season one, we had a story just like this in a different state. So it just goes to show that this isn't just a one-time thing, that the system treats us like we aren't children. She was treated like like she wasn't a human. So it just goes to show that this isn't the first time and they, the system doesn't care about us at all. Mm. Anaya. My thoughts, it's completely unacceptable. He said that the threats can't be named. If she was, you know, for example, verbally just saying, why don't you like me? What did I do wrong to you? That's not a reason to body slam a child for threatening you. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, Mariah, your thoughts? Like you said, this is absolutely egregious. Like, I don't think any student deserves to be overpowered and thrown on the floor by a security guard someone who's supposed to, you know, not like, because I don't expect any of these teachers to protect me, because honestly, I don't think any of them care. But at least somebody in your job title, you're just slamming students, clearly overpowering her. That's just, it's so wrong. And the fact that they didn't have clear communication with her parent, I could only imagine how my mom would feel if she found I was in a police station. And yeah. she had like, she wasn't aware at all. It's ridiculous. Jada? Honestly, I get tired of seeing these videos of grown people putting their hands on students as if they're adults. They're still kids. Teenagers are not. They're still kids. You just let a grown man body slam a child and she's in the police station. First Mm. of all, her mom didn't even know. That's my problem. She comes to pick her daughter up after school and now, yeah, your daughter's in the police station. Was anybody going to let me know? Like, what happened? It's like, it, the communication's not there. That's my number one, like, no. Mm. And I saw Matt was about to just jump through the screen. So so what are you, I, what I, might do you just, think? I might just start saying this every time. Who raised you, man? Because, check this, check this. I like I like what Jada said when she said, a, not like she was a grown woman. At least we're being honest here to say, in most situations, there's two sides to a story. And there are some women out here that are strong as an ox, strong with a backbone from the from the depths of Louisiana. No disrespect to nobody in Louisiana. And she could be an aggressive person. And yes, the person he could make a defense to say, hey, I was trying to apprehend the suspect. But he can't, you can't even make this make sense. Right. You can't even say nothing to make it make sense. Even if it, even if the, even if the girl was so sassy that she had a smart mouth, who raised you that you ain't have enough increment of common sense of not training on duty, but just common grown man human sense to just okay, she's got a smart mouth, young lady. First of all, this is how you talk to adults. Second of all, what's making you feel that way is you know, are people people bullying you or students looking at you a certain way? You know, do you feel unsafe or something? Why do you feel that way? Shoot, I'm a security guard. I want to know. Right. You know, and I think that it's really even, telling because she said she that, flinched at me. I'm not. I mean, because even if she flinched at me, it's like, yeah. okay, a teenager. I seen that slam, and I was like, and then her, yeah. her mom, 
the fact that her mama didn't even know when I was the reason why I this shocks me and I don't realize this didn't realize it was this bad because when I was I remember when I was in the fourth grade I remember be, acting a clown in class and seeing someone in the window of my class like this guess who it was yo mama yeah she <laughs> could, could come to the school and there was a time when I was in the fifth she taught at the same school I was attending yeah, and, and I've never heard of a mother or father not being able to go on campus especially if their child has been even touched by somebody and, and had to be so called apprehended because she was too jumpy at them or whatever the story is make it make sense and it don't make sense I got a billion reasons why it don't make sense it, well, there, there's two things. Num number one, uh, what you will find in most of these schools are the parents are the last ones to know. That's been my experience uh, working, and we're going to talk to one of those parents um, in a moment, but the parents are the last to know. Um, number two, the issue that I had with it is this young lady said that the security guard was giving her dirty looks. This is why it's important to listen to your children when they are telling you that some adult does not like them. They are getting that from somewhere. So it's our job as parents to investigate that. Um, why they had to slam her, they said she was making threats. Did you notice the police statement? It said they don't. the threats that she was making, the nature of those threats were unknown. So, so we have to be clear. walked her to the principal's office if that was the case, sat her down, called her parents, Mm -hmm. I bet if she was running a slight fever and a stomach ache, they would have sent her home for 10 days and called right away away because it was COVID. And I'm not even I'm not even going to go into that whole politic of that conversation because, I mean, mm -hmm. uh, uh, that's a whole nother thing. But I don't yeah. I don't I don't I don't get it. You can't make and, it. And, make, it, can't and, make and it, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. And so again when your children are coming home and they're telling you somebody doesn't like me somebody is looking at me in a way that is making me uncomfortable go and investigate because i, know. I also noticed that she was back in class ain't no way in hell i'd have sent my kid back to that school ain't no absolute way i'm sending her back to that school we have to as parents i don't want to say that because that's that's not nice um we have to have enough courage to pull our babies when nobody when they're not treating them right. We have to have the courage to do that. Um, and, and so however we do that, and, and we're gonna talk to this parent, I'm, I'm gonna introduce her in a second because we pulled Where her baby. Transparent, where's the transparency none. on what transpired? Ain't none. There's none. Because, because, because all they're allowed to do things in secret. They're allowed to do things in secret. Ain't no transparency. She yeah. said this, this happened, he slammed her, she's in jail mommy can't be notified um whereas it's like it's like we're watching in real lifetime a music video edit of only the parts that benefit the adults hmm. well I, really i'd love does. to find out who this student was so so we can support her in any way that she wants to be supported because again can you imagine the amount of trauma this child is going through and in the fact she said the mama said she no longer feels these adults around her can protect her I wouldn't have sent my baby back. Sorry, I wouldn't have. Um, I wouldn't have sent any of the kids that I'm, I know personally back into an environment where people are abusive to them. It just wouldn't happen. Um, and I know we're like we're 15 minutes in and that means we got to get to our guests because we want to have ample time um, 
to speak to her, but she she was in the video, uh, the video vignette before we started. And so I'm gonna bring her in right now. Um, this is, Jada, you got it? Um, this is, now y'all gonna have to get closer together because there's a whole lot of refrigerator space and I don't wanna talk to the refrigerator. Uh, I wanna talk to y'all. And you're gonna have to come off mute. So before, I, before we start talking, I wanna give people just a little bit of a disclaimer. Um, if in fact you hear me laughing, it is not because it's funny. It's because um, I do this thing where I smirk. The egregiousness of the situation um, makes me laugh. And, and it's not laughing as if it's funny because this is a very, very serious topic. Um, this is about uh, alleged sexual assault and how our young boys are treated on these campuses as if they are grown men um, and that they have um, just kind of like you guys have heard the story of Emmett Till, right? You guys have heard that story. So it was assumed that because he was a black boy that he was sexually a sexual deviant, right? And that he was going to uh, somehow uh, overpower this grown woman and, and have his way with her. Um, and so what you see is that mindset is translating down our educational system and beyond um, because uh, I had a chance to go to court with this young man. I had a chance to listen to the things that they were saying about him. Um, and this happened when he was 13 years old, okay? So um, I'm gonna bring them in and, and I had to put them on mute because there's a little bit of distortion. So if everybody can keep their mics off and I'll turn mine off too. Um, we wanna kind of talk to them about this situation. And so, hey, Mikey. What's up, Miss Marie? How are you? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing good. So this is a different part of Mikey that I'm seeing because for the longest time, he did not have a smile on his face, right? He was a shell of who he was beforehand, um, before they decided to charge him with a felony molesting a child, a misdemeanor molesting a child, a misdemeanor sexual battery, and I think I might miss, am I missing something, Miss Juliet? Was it something else? So it was a uh, felony molesting a child and misdemeanor molesting a child. Felony uh, assault, sexually assault, and misdemeanor sexual assault, and then regular battery. Okay. It's a regular assault battery. Okay. So let's start um, at the beginning. Uh, can you kind of tell us what that day was like, Mikey, when you went to school? Can you kind of tell us what that day was like for you in, in your estimation before your mom got there? When I first came to school, it was like a normal day. You know, it was like everything was just going normal. Like almost, it was actually a good morning. I was playing basketball and that's when the kids just start calling my name. Like I had the ball in my hand, the ball dropped when they start calling my name. And it was like, Mikey, 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 this girl mama been looking for you, talking about she wanted to bite you or, or talk to you or something. I'm like, you know, so I, and that's when one of, one of these kids I was playing basketball with, he was like, the police up here, you should run. I'm like, what am I running for? I didn't do anything. I'm trying to figure out this, like, what's, what's going on. I'm not running for something. I don't know what I did. And I go up there and I see a group of girls just with a grown lady. And I, I tried to talk to her. She was like, she had like, she didn't understand me or she just like, she just was ignoring me. And then, okay. And so, so then they eventually kind of took you to the office, right? Yes. And what were you told when you got to the office? 
they didn't tell me nothing. They told me to go back to my classroom. One of the girls told one of the girls told me what was going on. And I was like, they, they they said I did what? So immediately, and I I didn't even have a relationship with my father, but I called my dad. I don't know what made me call him, but I called my dad. And after that, I called my mom when I found out they talking about they wanted to take me somewhere. That's what, but the, the police never taught me. Just that I'm hearing this from the kids, and I just called my mom. Okay, so uh, Miss Julia, when you got the call, tell me kind of what what kind of went on in your head because that is not a call that every mama wants to get, right? Yes. So when I got the call from Mike, is okay. So let's just get it clear: the school never notified me at all about what was going on. So once Mike has called me, it was before they was supposed to be going to the advisory. They were still having a little morning free time. Mikey said, mom, something's not right. I'm like, Mikey, what's going on? He was like, mother. He was like, mom, um, uh, um, the young lady mom is here and they said she's looking for me. I said, looking for you for what? And then he was like, I don't know. He ran as he was talking to me. He was walking in direction of one of the assistant principals, which was a male. He, he said, the assistant principal already knew what was going on, but didn't go into details. He said, Mikey, don't worry about it. Just go to your classroom and we're going to call you when we need you. Mikey said, mama, come up here now. Something's not right. I said, I'm on my way, Mikey. So when I get into the office, <clears throat> it was a lot of stuff going on because all, besides the situation that was going on with Mikey, they had a huge fight that morning. So the school, this office had a lot going on. I, I let them know I'm here. I'm Mikey Taylor's mother. It's a situation going on, and I don't know what, what actually took place, but I need to speak with someone. They just told me to sit down. And probably about like 30 minutes later, Mikey came to the office. About 30 to 45 minutes later, Mikey came to the office. And um, one of the admins notified the vice principal who actually took care, that was involved in the situation. She notified her. 45 minutes later, Mikey's mom is here and Mikey's is in the office now. So she came out within probably about like after the 45 minutes, probably like 10 minutes later with the clipboard saying that Mikey's needs to write a statement. I said, write a statement in regards to what? I cannot disclose that information at this time. I was just like, well, what do you want him to write a statement for if you cannot tell me, his mother, what is, what, what is going on? She stated that we are still investigating this situation, but he could just write, I didn't do it. I was like, Mike is not writing a statement. And I sat back down. And, and after that, we waited another hour. So at this time, it was probably like two hours went by. No one came and still notified me because when she gave me that clipboard and wanted Mike to write a statement, she told me that she would be back with more information. But then after that, it was like, when she came back, it was an hour and 15 minutes, a total of me being in that office for two hours and 30 minutes. Me not knowing what's going on. Me not even knowing that this situation had turned into a legal situation by now. So I'm at the school just waiting for to hear something from someone in regards of what actually is taking place. And I, like I said, within two hours and 20, 20 to 30 minutes of me waiting in the office for them to call me and Mike's name back, um, the police was sitting in there. At this time, I was terrified, but I'm like, still not knowing what's going on. So it was just like, why is the police here? And they sat us down and they was just like, um, the police said, well, I'm here. I cannot 
question him, only the vice principal would be able to question him. But I'm here to take, like, basically just, just to be an advisor, an observer. That was a lie. All of that was a lie. Because we got called back there at 11, at 10.45, she called my name, me and my son. We walked to the back. By 11 o'clock, the line of questioning start. Mike is, have you ever touched someone inappropriately? He said, no. And then he said, what do you mean by inappropriately? And she explained to him what inappropriately means, basically without consent. He was like, no, I never touched anyone without consent. Then she went in, into depth as in what she mean by the touching. Like, have you ever touched anyone's breast, thighs, or butt? Those was the only questions that was asked of Mike is. Mike is being the honest individual that I raised him to be, he was honest. He was like, yes, I've touched a girl butt, which is my girlfriend, but and she let me touch her butt. And it was like, what do you mean? She, He said, she, when I gave her a hug, she put my hands on her butt. And so that was what he explained to them. So after that, it was a pause. So I'm like, well, what's next? Well, she was like, the vice president said, on that end, he would be put on suspension and going in front of the board for expulsion. Basically, he'd be pending expulsion. And she said, on the legal, I said, legal? She was like, yes. And the officer said, you're under arrest. Right there on the spot. Didn't read Mikey's his rights or anything like that. Told Mikey's he was under arrest. Um, at that time, like Lorraine said, Mikey's was just 13 years old. So and he's never been in that type of trouble. So it, he was very scared, crying out loud, screaming. And then so the officer calmed him down and was just like, you, I'm going to release you to your mother. Still not reading Mikey's his rights. But he gave Mikey's a citation. Now, in the beginning of the conversation, I told you all that we didn't get back there to 1045. The line of question was 11 o'clock. The line of question ended at 1108. Mikey's citation was written in date time at 1030. So mm. they already assumed that Mikey's was guilty before they even questioned Mikey's. Right. So take a breath. So, um, and Mikey, I really don't want you to have to relive it, but I think that we have to make this conversation real to people. So can you tell me what it was like for you um, when that officer said you are under arrest? What went through your mind? My first immediately thought was, I thought about going to jail that day. It was like, I didn't want to go to jail for something I didn't do. And and when he said it, I was like, for what? You know? And like, I was screaming. I'm like, I ain't know what to say. Yeah. And I think that that's understandable. I mean, that's not, you know, every day, you know, you hear those words, you're under arrest and you're not really sure um, what you're under arrest for. So they didn't give you any information at that point, right? They didn't even tell me what we was what I was charged with. We just said I was under arrest. And so this is this is like um where we get down to the nitty-gritty, right? We cannot allow our children to just make statements. Um, because they can and will be used against you in the court of law, right? That situation, I would have requested that an attorney be present because you don't know what you're dealing with and any words that he says will be used against him like they're but you said they didn't even read his rights 
He didn't even so now read, right. No, he didn't read Micah's rights. He told us that he was there for observation. He couldn't say or do anything. That's that was the initial statement he made when me and my husband walked in with Micah's. Um <clears throat> they so shouldn't even I, be allowed in the room. Ain't no observation because what he says no can and will be. Exactly. And I honestly yeah. felt like that it took them two hours to get to us. So they knew at that time it was a legal situation. Um, I have with this situation right here, I come to the realization that the school is definitely a link to the prison system. It is a link to the prison system. And I had just watched that movie. Have you seen like what when they see us? When yeah, see I, us. I just seen that movie and I cried and I cried. But when it happened to my son, I didn't know what to do. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I honestly did not know what to do. Everything in my body just froze. Me watching yeah. that movie, I was like, oh, no, I wouldn't do this. I couldn't, you know. But I sat there and I allowed my son to answer questions thinking it was a school situation. Now, I don't care if it's a school situation or not. You don't say anything until I get there. You and yes. he knows not to write anything, but I allowed them to interrogate my son while the officer was there, while she was writing his. Uh, so she was the link to the police system. Yeah. So you said that you froze. So and you didn't know what to do. So what did you end up doing? How how did you end up going about so, what? So so when they gave us the citation, they didn't have the charges physically written on there. It was a lot a lot of code. So um, the next day I called the probation system because the officer said that I, I would have to wait for the report to go to the juvenile detention center. I couldn't wait. I could not wait. And that's how I was able to meet Miss Lorraine, BYLP. That, that is, I could not wait and give, the, give them the opportunity to dismantle my child because when they said when he told Mike he was under arrest and then he told me that some of the statements said that they was terrified and scared of him i'm like scared of who like like we just got and the thing is is that we literally just moved to california from florida two months prior so you all just act as if this little boy came here as a straight menace and and, and the words that the officer used as if Mike is, is a menace and, and that's why he had to give him a citation and put him under arrest. And so when, when you reached out to me, so um, I don't remember the month it was. Um, it was in I know, November. Okay. So you reached out to me and then we immediately connected because uh, it was just a dire situation, right? So Correct. we went to that first school board meeting and I remember us going in and we were talking outside or I don't remember if it was before or after, um, but we went to the school board meeting. We put that issue on record and then the school board meet or the, the, the administration did something I've never seen before. They went into the school board meeting and they deleted or edited out the part of you and Mike is talking and they left me. Um, but they edited out the part where Micah came and said he didn't do it. They left out the part where you uh, were upset and you were talking about the trauma your son has has uh, 
suffered, but they took that out. And so can you can you tell everybody um, kind of why that happened that way? Why did they take that out? They took it out because the school, the school called me and said that the kids are doing a walkout right now at the school on behalf of Micah's. And I was like, what? One of the students seen the, uh, it was a YouTube, one seen the YouTube that the school had, the YouTube channel that the school board had up. And she went and she showed other students, they, they seen Mikey, they seen everything. So they called me and they knew I was vulnerable. They manipulated the whole situation. They made it seem like it needs to be down, but I'm the only one who can take it down. I need to let them know that, you know, if it's okay to take it down. And I was just like, my, my kiss is the, I was like, first of all, I didn't even know it was there. I was just like, and I, I didn't know what to say. Only thing, I just didn't want the situation to get bigger than what it was. So I was just like, okay, go, go ahead, I guess. I was just like, but don't take out my part or nothing like that. I was just like, if you can just like fit, like cover his face or stuff like that. I was just like, but they wound up taking the whole thing down and it wasn't in writing, it wasn't in anything. They just took it down from me and Mike is in. Like Lorraine said, they kept her part. But um, <clears throat> the school itself manipulated the whole situation as if if my, if we don't take this down now, their school is going to be out of control because mm. from sixth to eighth grade, they was doing walkouts because, because they know that they hungry. They, they knew they know they didn't know Micah's, but he was there for two months. So they kind of had a, a familiarized of Micah's and his characteristics, but they knew the little girl. They knew hmm. the little girl and they knew what this little girl can be very destructive. And these are her peers, not the staff. The staff knew as well, but this was her peers saying to the staff, she's lying. Automatically, they said she's lying. She she has problems. Mm -hmm. The school, the school basically didn't take that in consideration to look deeper into it before it kind of like went to the DA. Mm. So let me let me pause you right there because it is absolutely important. If you guys ever reach out to me or another advocate who is who is advocating on your behalf, do not allow the school to go around us so that they can manipulate you. The reason they went straight to you is because I'd have told them, hell no, leave it up there. Because it has to be put on blast what they're doing and how they're conducting themselves when it comes to how they're dealing with our children, right? And so they knew that by calling mom, who was already upset, that, okay, she's, she's going to, you know, she doesn't want anything else to happen and she doesn't want any other children hurt. So we can play on that sensibility. And I've never, ever, ever seen a school board edit out a video that did not make them look favorable. It is public record. Um, I have not been able to find a law that tells me that they can manipulate school board meetings. Um, so it was absolutely egregious conduct. So let me fast forward it forward you to, because we had um, BYLP hosted a, 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 a movie screening of Just Mercy. And at that time, we were able to help raise the retainer to hire Mikey, an attorney. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about 
what it was like to have a community kind of rally around you and to make sure you had that type of support in this moment? What was that like for you? It was awesome. Um, especially, like I said, we had just moved down. I didn't know anyone from California and, and then for BYLP to like step all the way up and have other people that they know that does the same or similar things step behind us. It, it felt good inside. I, I, I'm not going to even go on there. Um, I don't know what other language I can say, but besides, I was definitely, I wasn't shocked, but be, I wasn't shocked because by that time, I have been in the presence of Lorraine for a while now. By the time we did the fund, by the time Lorraine was able to raise money for the retainer. And it wasn't shocking to me that she got it done, but I didn't know it and I didn't expect it to happen. We was just there watching a movie and that was it. <laughs> so I, I definitely felt good inside. And because it was just like, I needed to come up with some money quick. Like, because I couldn't allow um, him to get a public defender. I couldn't allow the, because in the state of California, the juvenile probation system deal with the cases before it even get to the DA. And they automatically wanted me to take a plea, wanted Micah to take a plea automatically. And I'm like, no, this, no, it, it cannot happen this way. Yeah, I refuse to allow it to happen this way because he did not do it. And by that time, and, and another thing is that, you know, even the probation system, when it first happened, before I contacted Lorraine, they told me that it would not be picked up. Just calm down. It took them 30 days. 30 days from the time the situation occurred, 30 days for them to pick this case up. And I was shocked because they told me it wasn't, they wasn't even going to probably pick the case up based off of what they see. Mm -hmm. But that's what they seen. They didn't see everything the DA had. They didn't see that report that the DA had that the police sent them. But mm -hmm. we're going to go more into that. Go ahead, Larry. Mm -hmm. Man. Uh oh. What you saying, Matt? What's wrong? Because it's 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 crazy because it's almost like they trying to discredit him from society before he even enters society, first of all. And uh uh how can you sit here and, and tell a child, oh, teach him, oh, don't represent yourself. Someone said this, you're going now, blame your rights, blame your uh your constitutional right, and then double back and say, Oh, we care about the education and their safety, they're walking out. Let them walk out. I'm with you. Man. Because let me tell you I, something, I, young I, man. I, you better be you better be blessed way. that you got a mama that won't back down. Because there's mm -hmm. some young there's some young men out there for murders and rapes and all kind of things. They even going away from here and they ain't coming back. And I, I got teenage boys and girls. And you see, I didn't get up here and get mad as a father because I know how y'all can be. And how, even if it was the increment of, of, of y'all touching around or playing, that ain't enough to throw a young black man's life away and no felonies, no Fs on his record, just so he can get um, pulled over somewhere one day and they ask him, well, have you been arrested before? You know the shame on his face, but I can't tell him that. Uh, what, they, what is, and these are grown folk facilitating this. Who raised you? That's the thing, and but, but, but Matt, it's just uh, you have to understand that the prison, the school is the pipeline for the prison. I had to explain that to my kids when once we move back to Florida, you cannot get in any trouble. They would, they can have because 
due to the fact that the judge released Mikes to the state of Florida, although he was still on probation in California, he, I asked the judge, we need to move. I need to take him out of California. So they wound up allowing Florida to monitor him. Now Florida has a record of Mikes as well. So, and I told him, look, there is nothing you can do that they cannot find out now. So you have to be on your P's and Q's. Although the judge say, hey, it's still, it's still in California. Florida know that you was in trouble. Hmm. Ladies, anybody they have wanna, they a question? Make, they want to make it for you where the hardest line to walk is going to be a straight one. Correct. So you got to stay out of the way of them traps, young man. Yes, sir. Yeah. I mean, and I think, uh, oh, they need a shirt. Who raised? They need a who raised you shirt, Matt. They they talking about it in the comments. They need a who raised you shirt. Man, who, oh my God. Y'all got Matt about to jump out of his skin because, you know, it is something like if you're hearing it for the very first time, it is one of those things that really um it does something to you i don't i don't know um i immediately wanted to help in any way that i can I'm, i was fortunate enough to be um a staff at the capitol and and be able to look at laws very very quickly um i was fortunate enough to have a network of folks who believed um that you know i wouldn't get behind any foolishness because like i said we were able to raise enough for the retainer um for the attorney um, but it's not just um, the retainer that that was problematic, right? It's how do we support this young man as he tries to um, get on with his life with this this stain or this this weight that he's carrying? Um, and how do we support his mother, right? And those are the things that you know we were really concerned about with you know seeing how emotional both of them were and you know, having to keep that clear and level head, this is happening all over. It's not just happening here in, in Sacramento. This was in uh, Folsom Cordova, but it's happening in Sac City. It's happening in Elk Grove. It's happening nationwide. And unless we all get on the same page as adults and we start to stop our children from running their mouth, be quiet, don't say anything. When people want you to write a statement, first of all, you got to realize that these people are not professional investigators. And I'm from North they Carolina. I'm from North Carolina. And my dad taught me these things. And I didn't know that it, it was, I, I feel ignorant to it. And I feel like a lot of us uh, going through this in society civilly, and this is happening on ground zero on our school freaking grounds. What in the world? Oh, no, we, we weren't going to let him uh, hold his head down. You Mikey. Uh, tell them uh, how you felt seeing um, all the support that came uh, to court with you um, those days and, you know, just, you know, the support that you got, you know, to make sure we didn't allow you to put your head down. Like, I was glad that Ms. Lorraine, like, she was comforting me. Like, she was basically, like, letting me know that it's going to be all right. You know, we have a team support you. You know, we're going to get through this and, like, don't even have a negative thought in your head. You know, because I definitely had a lot of negative thoughts. I had a lot, I had a lot of what ifs, you know? Mm -hmm. Tell us about the what ifs, because I remember um, we were talking uh, after the first, I want to say the first court date, and they gave you a, a whole lot of um, description words. I believe they called you a, a sexual deviant. 
Um, they called you a predator. They called you um, a bunch of other things that are, that are not coming to my mind right now. But when we stepped out of the courtroom, um, I remember talking to you at that time. So is that what you're talking about when, you know, you're saying that, you know, I said we would get through it? Yes, ma'am. And so tell me, um, so you went through multiple court dates, right? And parents understand that even if or before your child is convicted, you are assigned a probation officer. Those probation officers tried to come to the new school because we, we ended up taking him out of Folsom Cordova and we put him into Elk Grove Unified. Those uh, probation officers tried to contact him at his new school. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am. Did they get to you on your campus? Yes, ma'am. And what did they say? They, they basically contact my, my principal because we had like three principals. Everybody got signed one of the principals. And they contacted my principal, and they was, they called. I was in PE. They called me, and they was like, "Mike, you got your, your probation officer is here." I'm like, my probation officer. I didn't even know I had a probation officer. So. Hmm. So they called you in class and said you had to report to your probation officer. Yeah. Then my probation officer, he was like, he he was like, I'm gonna come in probably like once a week, just to check on you, you know, make sure that nothing going on around at school and stuff like that. So he said he go come to the school. A defamation of character. Say that again, Matt. After this, can he sue for defamation of character? If there's an attorney in the chat, can he sue for defamation of character? I don't know. I don't know if he can or not. I'm not an attorney. I think our biggest thing was getting him up out of California, <laughs> so they couldn't touch him. That was definitely the goal, because to go back to what Lorraine said earlier the way they did Emmett Till and the sexual deviant. Renee used that word towards Micah's the first court date. He didn't even know what it mean. He, he said, mom, what is that? I was like, son, something you're not. Something you're not. The way that they portrayed him as if he was already guilty. And that was just the first court date. We went to, we was in court every month, sometimes twice a month for almost a year. Wow. Almost a year. And not only that, he was on, I guess you could say, house arrest, home supervision for the whole time. He was only allowed to be with an adult, which was me and Lorraine, if he's going somewhere. That's a lot, yo. That's a That's lot. That's a lot so, for a 13-year-old. He went from right. 13 to 14 dealing with the judicial system like literally fighting a case from the age of 13 all the way to 14 years old he only had six months left once the case in i think it was like five to six months left before he turned 15. and so how has that impacted the way that you move around mikey how has having something like this happen to you impacted the way that you move now this is like I just watch people. Like I try to watch people I talk to, you know. And sometimes I push people away without me even knowing I push people away. So it's definitely like messed up, like my trust issues. And I don't want to say I got people problems, but I mean at first that's how it was. At first. I'm I'm starting to get around back people again, but 
at first I just wasn't talking to nobody. Like I'll put somebody off like like that without me even knowing. Mm-hmm. And so I remember uh, you coming over and you had a chance to meet uh Jada and you guys became fast friends and um Jada, when you found out kind of the things that uh, Mikey was being accused of, what did you think? Well, at first, when he popped up at, I think it was like Christmas or something, or I don't, I don't know. It was, it was my birthday. Karaoke, yeah, it was a karaoke event. I didn't know who it was. I thought he was like a relative because like, I've never seen this face before. And, you know, I just got to know him. And then eventually, I think we were in the car. And then I was like, who is he? Like, is he like a cousin? Is like, do I know? And he was like, oh no, that's the the uh, the boy that I'm the the case that I'm sporting. I was like, oh, that's him. And I was confused because the way that you like the way that you were defending him and the how they were claiming him did not match the energy that I was getting at the karaoke party. So it was just all like, it was my thoughts were everywhere. Actually, I, I don't know. I just know that I think. I would, I'm glad I got to know his character before, you know, even knowing who he was, because if I had like had in my mind of like, that that was the boy, I would have probably had more of a keener eye or something like, let me observe, like, is it the way that they're actually portraying him or, you know, it's just, I'm just glad I got to know him outside of the. When you say a keener eye, are you saying you would probably have pre prejudged him? No, I'm not prejudged. I like to base people on how I meet them, but probably like, I don't know. I would have had a lot of more things in my mind. I'm like, got to know him without all like the stuff that they're saying, like in the back of my mind, it was mm-hmm. more of just like no weights, no nothing, just the person I don't even know getting to know, which is how I like how I meet most people. So, okay. She's smarter than several generations. Cause that's the whole problem of racism right there. Exactly. You <laughs> <laughs> just said the answer. God, bomb emoji. Yeah. And I think that what's what's Get so know, in- can't judge. They they want you to judge a book by its cover. By by the man. They want you. They want you out of here, man. But you in here. You ain't going nowhere. We ain't never. So and and I I agree with with Miss Baldwin. Yeah, the people who did this are sick. And I remember, uh, Juliet, when we went to the district office and we were in the room and they brought in the, uh, I want to say it was the principal and the vice principal. And then we were meeting with the guy over uh, the, the district discipline. And I remember them turning to me and, uh, and did you, did you walk out of that meeting or did yes, you? I did. I walked okay. out. Okay. So what i've learned as an advocate is sometimes parents get so overwhelmed um with emotions and anger that sometimes they just opt to remove themselves from the meeting period so it was myself and we were and i was sitting in there with these three administrators and they looked to me and they said well what would you have done differently and i remember telling them i would have remembered that i was dealing with children and i would have treated them as such I said, one thing I know about young ladies is sometimes, you know, if they got a crush on somebody or their homegirl got a crush on somebody and they're vying for attention, a lot of things come into play. And so I would have made sure that what I was charging somebody with actually happened because it ended up being that you got text messages uh, from the young ladies. And tell me about those text messages. 
they basically was texting me and they was saying like, "Oh, Mikey, I'm sorry. You know, I didn't expect for it for this to go too far. You know, it was just out of anger." And I was like, "Well, you know, it's not too late. You can always tell them what really happened." And then she thought about it. She said, "Yeah, I'm gonna do that." And then it ended up not. She ended up doing it. She felt like mm-hmm. she was already in too deep where it's gonna make it seem like something wrong with her, which it was. So they decided not to tell the truth because they were in too deep. And I so don't think we didn't... That they decided not to tell the truth because they was in too deep. Because once I immediately got those those text messages and I printed off copies, I sent a copy to the school district um, behavior um, admin and also mm-hmm. to the sheriff office, Rachel Cordova sheriff office as well. And they were supposed to amend the report because they was the police officer and the chef who I was in a meeting with giving those, giving them the text messages. They was reading them and they was like, what? Like, and then also the arresting officer. What what part were they reading where they were like, what? Tell us about the text message. The text messages, she went into depth. When I say she went into depth. Everything that the police officer arrested Mikey's for and what he told me that the reason why he arrested Mikey's, they went into depth. She said that she was not scared of Mikey's. She said, you are a good person. She also said, you did not touch my butt. You never did make me feel violated. Like, and was- she also said that they were they were somewhere and they she had something of his and they were playing and they right. actually fell he fell on top of yeah it was like and it wasn't on top like you they fell to where their legs was like kind of like on each other and and she like when i tell you so that's she said no you didn't touch my butt it was that when we fell you know your leg touched my butt and that's what and i'm when i said she went into in details about it with my kids and i actually Mm -hmm. sent those reports up to like i said the school district and the uh, chef office the school district well, the principal of the school who was initially involved from the beginning, she was she was being too smart for her own good, trying to cover herself because she knows she had basically dropped the ball because I told mm-hmm. her the day that they arrested Mikey, something is wrong with this little girl. You need to check her background. She is lying. So she, once she received the reports from the school district, she allowed the girls to go in to make another, other statements on why they contacted Mikey's. One of the mm. girls, which was the ringleader, said she contacted Mikey's because she was scared. Mikey's was out of that school for like almost three weeks by that time. Yeah. And the other little girl said, we cool with each other. We're friends now. What? That yeah. was her statement. And so when we went into the meeting with them that Lorraine was speaking on, the reason why I walked out is because of the fact that when the when I asked the lady, why did you allow her to rewrite the statement when you wouldn't even tell me what was going on when this situation occurred? I said, I asked you twice to please give me more information. You said it was under investigation. I was just like, now that it officially turned legal, why did you all give those little girls, they gave the girls the statements, let them know what I'm doing with the statements that Mikey's mother gave us these statements these text messages and they allowed them to rewrite statements and it wasn't for them it was for the school district in the school at that time that's who it was for to cover themselves who was supposed to that was actually the arresting officer all of a sudden 
he was transferred to a different district. He wasn't even no longer in the district anymore. Yeah, that's what happened. And so e eventually uh, this thing did go to trial and it is my understanding that neither one of those girls showed up. No, the, the, uh, the ring leader, the head young lady, um, her mom let them know that they don't want to deal with this anymore. She have her daughter in counseling, so she won't hurt herself or anyone else. The other little girl, they couldn't even contact her parents at all. They couldn't find her or her parents. So he just had to go through this based on something that the school wrote up with no witnesses, essentially, um, to kind of put your son, thrust him into, because, you know, when this happens on a school campus, they're thrust into two systems simultaneously, the education discipline system and the criminal justice system or juvenile justice system. And so I'm glad that y'all got up out of here for sure, but we need to put a spotlight on these things that these school districts are doing because until we start talking about the different instances, we have too many parents out here that think that they're alone. And we have too many students out here, too many boys and girls out here who have been brought up on these trumped up charges that these schools facilitated because they had no uh, investigatory background because they're too damn lazy to get out and do their jobs. And then we have our children where we have to come in and figure out how we're going to hold them up and restore them because the adults put in positions to care don't give a damn. And we have to we have to be honest about that. I want to know how that principal sleeps at night knowing they just pulled the trigger on something without being sure of it. They're just fine. I well, I think that they're okay because they don't they don't face any type of, of, of you know, checking. Nobody checks them. Nobody checks them. They just go ahead and they continue to do this Not over and that. over do they, have, do, do they got children or common sense to wonder, like, what if that was my son or my daughter? But they don't, no. they don't care. They don't care, though. They don't care. Why do you say that, Anaya? Why don't they care? I don't know. It just seems like if they could just do that and then just turn away, leave the district like nothing happens, that doesn't show that they do care. So it shows that they don't care. They, they don't care. They don't care, especially because he's a black boy. They don't care. Just another one. Just write they, them they off. They don't care. Yeah. Melissa? We as black students and as black children are guilty because of the color of our skin. They do not care. You're black. You're guilty. We don't need to be trying to... They don't care if we are proven innocent. In their eyes, we're still guilty. Mm. And the reason why I ask that is because sometimes people be like, well, I don't understand. Why did they say we don't care? So I need y'all to be able to articulate, articulate why you are saying they don't care. Their actions tell you they don't care. Their inaction to correct something that they know that there's a problem with, their inaction tells us that they don't care. Right. Thanks. So what we need is a whole bunch of adults who give a damn to come up and step up and, and take those hits. I'm not afraid to take those hits. I'm not afraid to go up, head up with any district over our children. They deserve that much. And y'all, we running out of time. Miss <laughs> Juliet, did you want to say something else before we got up out of here? Only thing I want to say to all of the parents and the children that is actually watching this right now, Protect yourself for the time frame that you are in the school system. From the hours you all have classes, the school is not there to protect you all. 
from nothing, not even there to educate you all. As in for the parents, listen to your children. When your children let you know that something isn't right, please, I'm telling you, take the initiative to ask more questions. I don't care if your child is that kid that's always doing the most. Take the initiative to go to that school, to ask questions, to talk to whoever you need to talk to, to get to the bottom of the situation. Because now that is what the school does, they like to create paper trails. They let make these kids write statements on the smallest little things. If you talk in class, you got to write a statement while you talk in class and they putting it in their files. So our goal as parents is to protect our children. So even though we feel like our children are okay because they're in school, they're not okay. They're not, I witness it for myself. And we are out of time, guys, like Lorraine said, but I wish we had more because I could tell y'all when the times that this little boy couldn't sleep, we lost weight, we couldn't eat. He having nightmares that he's being raped because they painting him out as if he's going to the system. You know what? Uh, you want to come back next week for part two and we can talk about that? We can talk about it. All I right. Well, let's fight it from how a mother felt and the the despair I went through not knowing that only thing I could do is just pray and get this little boy a lawyer. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's do part two next week. Um, so that we can continue this discussion because it's, it's absolutely an important one. Uh, we don't want anything to be left unsaid. So we will come back next week and we will finish out with Miss Juliet and Mikey. Um, Black versus the Board of Education. We're here to bring and to shed light on some of these situations. Sometimes they're going to be uncomfortable, but that means that we we're doing our job because like Killmonger said, y'all sitting over there way too damn comfortable. And in order for us to change it, we have to acknowledge that, that it's happening and we have to be honest with our approach to it. So with fur without further ado, we'll wrap up for today. Thank you all for joining us. Um, follow us on Apple podcast and spotify um also visit our student store we will have those shirts up pretty soon who raised you and uh do your damn job period uh we'll have those up uh <laughs> as soon as we can um but with that we're gonna hit y'all with the wave see you next week four o'clock right here on uh facebook and youtube